Appreciate everybody that came in for the entire conference. Appreciate those of you that come in just for the night. And uh, not often get to speak to 10,000 people like this in one auditorium. And uh, more or less, I mean, something like that. Uh, it is a blessing to be here. And uh, I, I may just chat or testify for a little bit. Uh, my life has been rich and full. Uh, God is blessed. It's, uh, it's a blessing to be in the ministry. It's a blessing to have been able to serve him now for... Uh, 41 years full-time ministry started with uh, Dr. Lee Robertson and taught uh, part-time then full-time at Tennessee Temple College while I was going to seminary there and then Brother Hiles and, uh, for a long time and then out uh, started Golden State Baptist College and now here for these last seven years with Brother Fugit. And uh, God has blended our hearts. It's an honor to work for him. I appreciate him. Uh, life is life's good when you serve God, and uh, I don't know what it feels like to be drunk. I don't know what it feels like to be, I don't know what it feels like to be with any woman other than my wife. I don't know what it feels like to do drugs. I don't know, but I, I tell you, it feels pretty good to sit on a platform, and look at a crowd like this, and have an influence, then be able to sit here this morning and listen to my son preach. And uh, he's a better preacher than I am. Uh, and uh, and that's exciting. You know, you always like to see your kids go better than you do, and uh, it, it's a good, rich life. Uh, you ought to you ought to volunteer for the ministry. You really should. And that in the message, but you ought to get. I mean, you know, let the doctors, let, let the Presbyterians be doctors. Uh, you know, let let the new evangelical crowd be the lawyers. Uh, we need somebody to preach the word and teach in Christian schools and. And help save this country. And uh, it's exciting. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, If any man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good thing. So I guess it's okay to desire to do that. And uh, wouldn't hurt follow through on that desire either. Now, there's a call and all that to preach, but on the other hand, uh, you get in some parts of the ministry anyhow, an aspect, serving, being on staff. Uh, you know, read John R. Rice's testimony. He pretty well just volunteered. Uh, he said, I, you know, I'd let a man uh, preach that message. I won't have time to preach the one that I think I'm supposed to preach tonight. And uh, I'm going to preach to you about revival tonight and a uh, different message. First time I've ever preached it. Never heard anything quite like this, but I'm going to preach about revival tonight. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to Habakkuk chapter 3 and uh, verse 2. I'll read you a verse there. Uh, word revival isn't in the King James Bible. Uh, and I guess in some place I thought I had a paper clip on Habakkuk because there it is. Good. And uh, Schofield Reference Bible, page 957. Uh, but anyhow, uh, word revival isn't in the King James Bible. And you might say, well, why would you preach? I mean, just because that word isn't in there doesn't mean that it's not talked about and taught in the Bible. Uh, the word revive is in the King James Bible eight times, seven different verses. Uh, one of those words is in here. You know, there's a lot of words. You know, the word rapture isn't in the King James Bible. As far as that goes, I don't guess theology is in the King James Bible or uh, premillennial or things like that. But, I mean, it's all good stuff. So, anyhow, uh, you know, the teaching is all there, and there's a lot of teaching on revival in, my, in the Word of God here, the inspired, infallible Word of God. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 2, or verse 1, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon... Oh, and I figured out how I was going to say that, and now I've forgotten. Shig, shiggy, uh, yeah, he, that's what it was. O oh Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. 
O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercies. Revive thy work in the midst of the years. Father, I pray you'd bless this time tonight. I feel like this is what you've laid on my heart and what I ought to preach tonight and pray that you'd lead and guide in the delivery. Help me to emphasize what I should, leave out anything that shouldn't be said. Father, I pray you'd speak to hearts tonight. Help us to seek for revival in our country and not just in our country, though, but in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I looked uh, you know, at the word revival. I looked in uh, my Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Uh, for the meaning of the word revival, it says it is a return or recovery to life from death or apparent death, as in revival of a drowned person. And boy, you start talking about you know what this country needs and what we need in America today is a revival. We need to return or recover to life from death or apparent death. Uh, it goes on to say return or recall to activity from a state of languor or just kind of you know, you're just kind of laying there. And uh, But if you revive that to activity, and we need some activity. The right kind of activity is what we need in this country, is what we need in our lives. It says it is a uh, return or recovery from a state of neglect or oblivion or obscurity. And uh, there's some things that have been in a state of neglect or oblivion or obscurity for a long time in our country that we need to bring back and we need to put back in the forefront. And we need we need a revival in this country. And, uh, you know, as you look through, now the idea of revival is all through the Bible. Don't bother turning to it, but 2 Corinthians, most of you know the reference. Uh, 2 Corinthians 7.14, God says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, that doesn't use the word revive or revival. That's talking about a revival. If that happens, I mean, again, as I understand it, if I'm praying for revival, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Is the hand of God to come down and touch people, turn away from their sin, turn back to God and start living for Him. America needs a revival. Our churches need revival. Not only that, you and I need revival. You know, somebody says, well, what is revival? Anyhow, I mean, what, you know, you talk about it. Uh, I don't think we're talking about a one-week meeting necessarily when somebody comes in and preaches. And I don't mind calling those revival meetings, but uh, that's not, you know, the, the meeting isn't what we're praying for. We're praying for something to happen. Uh, what do we pray for when we pray for revival? What do we mean if we say, boy, they're having a revival down there? Again, I'm not talking about necessarily just a, a one-week meeting or, you know, nowadays where you got so much television, other entertainment, we don't have one-week meetings anymore. They're more like three-day meetings or four-day meetings or something like that. Uh, and we call them revivals still. But by and large, not a whole lot happens in those. Uh, by and large, again, I'm, I'm not against them. I'm for them. I'm for any kind of preaching of the Word of God, uh, as long as they're you know, preaching the Word of God. But I'm look, when you talk about a revival, we say that we're praying for a revival. We're praying for a revival in America. We're praying for a revival in this state. We're praying for a revival in our church. We're talking about a return to life and activity from death or near death or from neglect to the things that ought to be emphasized and the things that we need in our lives. I'd like to see a national, a national revival in America still in my lifetime. I think it's exciting to hear Brother Jorgensen talk about the uh, great revivals that we've had in the past. And, uh, you know, you st we study and teach about and so on in Baptist history and that kind of thing. It's exciting to see. I'd like to see one of those in my lifetime. 
I'd like to see something like that happen. I'd like to see people getting saved all over this country. I'd like to see an emphasis come back to holy living. And if you're talking about a revival someplace, I mean, you're talking about it, about a lot of people getting saved. Talking about holy living. You're talking about, you know, things coming back in. If we had a national revival, you know, would we have politicians that wouldn't be ashamed to pray in public in Jesus' name? If we had a national revival, we'd probably get rid of abortion. We had a national revival. We'd probably get rid of the what they now call the gay crowd, which is a really a misnomer. There's nothing gay about them. They're sad and miserable and lonely and mixed up. I mean, I mean gay meant happy means you know. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, and they ain't happy. But uh, you say that's bad English. I know it, but you get you a few degrees and you can use it once in a while too. <laughs> if you don't know the difference, that's the problem. But uh, anyhow, uh, and uh, you know, maybe that would happen. But the revival I'm looking for isn't as much in terms of you know, elected officials or what's going to happen there. I'm looking for a revival. I'm, I'm saying when I'm praying for revival in this country, I want to see a lot of people saved. I, I like to see people you know, where uh, they, they're coming to Christ and, and they're getting saved on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And, and we wouldn't say, well, now, wait a minute, that's my sowing time's Thursday night. And so, uh, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, you got it, or Sunday morning or we have our revival meeting every, you know, twice a year and you can come then and get saved. No, if we're talking about praying for revival, we're thinking about a lot of people getting saved a lot of the time. We're thinking about holy living. We're talking about, and you know, I mean, we'd get rid of the abortion and all that stuff, and I'm, I'm, I'm behind that kind of thing. But when we're praying for a revival, it's a spiritual thing. It's people getting saved. It's lives being changed. And as we look at our country, I mean, if, if we had a national revival here, I mean, church attendance would be up all over in our kind of churches. I mean, things would be happening. And uh, somebody said, you know, when a man of God comes to town with the power of God on his hand, on his life, business picks up. If we had a national revival here, there'd be business picking up all over the place. And uh, I mean, are you talking about church attendance be up, be an emphasis on prayer like he was talking this morning? People, hundreds, tens, thousands, people just coming over saying, I'm going to skip my lunch. I want to pray. Something like that happened. Open the doors of church. I, I remember 9-11. And shortly and after that, next day or two, and boy, all the churches in America opened their doors and people came in and prayed. We were in California then, opened the doors of the church, and I mean, there were people from the neighborhood came over to pray, never had been to church before, just wanted to come to church and pray. We gave them tracts and tried, you know, invite them back, tried to witness to them. But if you had a national revival, they wouldn't show up once for a day. They'd be there. And it wouldn't be the mixed multitude kind of thing at a national day of prayer that, you know, everybody's got now. It'd be something where people be getting hold of God. Prayer. There'd be churches started around the country and I mean, they'd be springing up all over. Talk, I think of revival. I, I think of people be, you know, increasing our devotion to God. Where God be the center of my life again. And, uh, you know, be the center of our, our nation. I mean, we'd, we'd be coming back to Him. As you pray for revival, and I guess all of us at times we pray, God, send a revival. We sing, Lord, send a revival. We, we sing, you know, revive us again. Uh, we sing about those things. We pray for them some. 
Yeah, I have a dream, and uh, you remember you hearing Brother Hiles preach years gone by, and uh, you know, I have a dream that someday in every little city and town and neighborhood in every big city, there'd be a church like this one, or a church like yours, where somebody could walk in and hear the same message preached, and wherever you were in any different spot in the country, there'd be a, a, a gospel message thundering out. Preaching the Word of God with standards and righteousness and holiness. I'm not talking about holiness to get saved. I'm talking about, but if you get saved and get filled with the Holy Spirit, there's going to be some holiness in your life. Some separation. And I mean, I have a dream. It'd be great if in every, if we say, boy, we're trying to start more churches, but there, there just ain't any place to start them. You know, they're, we're all filled up. We're a long way from that now. Fella had a church in the town of a hundred thousand or so, and somebody else was coming in to start another Baptist church. He said, "Well, you know, I don't know if you're really needed. You know, I'm running a hundred, but I guess you know I got this side of town covered anyhow. If you'd stay on the other side, I got a hundred out of the fifty thousand on my side of town. That's, wouldn't it be great though if we really did have our area covered?" I have a dream that someday, I mean, up and down every old alley. City and street, there'd be some rickety old yellow bus running down there, picking up boys and girls and moms and dads that didn't have any money to come, bring them into church, interested in the poor people. I have a dream that there'd be a national revival someday, but you know, as I, as I think and look about it, I don't know how much I can do to affect a national revival. I mean, I don't, I mean, I just, Boy, I mean, this is beyond me. I'd like to see it. I'm pray for it. A few hundred people, several hundred people here listening to me tonight. But there's not a lot I can do, I think, at times to really affect a national revival. And so I think maybe, well, maybe I have a statewide revival. And I think now I don't know that I'm going to affect a statewide revival. I mean, I'm just, I'm just me. You know, you're just you. I mean, you know, you, I mean, I'm not going to change it. Maybe I have a citywide revival. I'm getting closer. Something I can do. And I don't know what all I can do and what I can reach or who I can reach. And I may not get a revival for America and I may not get other things. But I, I tell you what I can do. I can go for a revival in my ministry. I pray about Commonwealth Baptist College. And I, I, I can't, I, I really don't have much to do with bringing a revival into the high school. Better leave, I'll, I'll leave that Brother Young, Brother Fugit. I don't have much to do with bringing a revival into the youth department of our church. I, just, I don't preach them often. But I do have Commonwealth Baptist College. I work on the people that sit in front of me every day in chapel. I work on the students that sit in my Bible doctrines class and philosophy of education and personal finance and uh, advanced geometry course. I work on them, try and bring revival to them. And I don't want to, just because I may not see a national revival, sometimes I think we get the idea, well, you know, I'm going to pray for a revival. And then we don't do anything about it because we can't bring a national revival. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't know that I'm going to bring a national revival. I'd like to see it. And I'm praying for it. But I'm not going to bring a national revival, I don't think. But I am going to work at bringing a revival where I am in my ministry and what I oversee. 
And I can work for a revival and see bus routes that I, my wife and I were seeing, and see Sunday school classes, and the couple of new bus routes we started this year, and the others we've got going, and I can work to see a revival there. And we're not there yet, but I can pray and work, and as I meet with those workers on Saturday morning, I can challenge us to see more saved, and see holier lives among our teenagers, and holier lives among our workers, and more of a burden for the lost, and an increased emphasis on prayer, and all those things that go with revival. And just because I can't get, I can't affect maybe what's going to happen down in Hazard, or what's going to happen in Atlanta, or Texas, or Miami, or San Jose, California, or around the world, I can work on the ones that sit in front of me every week. I can work the ministry that I work with. I can work as my wife and I travel with that tour group this morning. We can work with those nine girls, seven girls, two of us, and it makes nine. We can work at a revival there. We work at trying to bring revival where we're preaching that night or where we are that night. The rest stops we stop at or whatever. I mean, we, we work on that. And again, I think sometimes we get so excited about trying or so, you know, it's, it's easy to pray for a national revival because I don't have to do anything for that. I mean, maybe he can, but I can't. So I'm praying for a national revival and I'm off the hook. But I'd like to challenge you tonight to get healing for your land. Your Bible says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from the way, then will I heal their land. And I don't know that it takes all of America, maybe if all of America got right and all of us prayed, God would heal this entire land and we'd see that kind of national revival we dream about. I don't know, but I can work on the land that I'm sitting, standing in front of on Monday morning at Commonwealth Baptist College. And I can pray for healing for that land. I can pray for my sea bus routes and pray for healing for that land. And if you'll stand up in front of your church preacher and pray for healing for your land, and you Sunday school teacher will stand in front of your class on Sunday morning, whether it be four or five, you know, four or five little third grade girls, and pray for healing for your land there, and say, God, I want to see a revival among my Sunday school class. And I don't know what's going to happen in the other classes or the other departments or teenage department, but I've got four fourth grade girls and I'm praying for a revival among us. If you get a burden for the people that are sitting in front of us, if you pray for a revival among your home, dads, moms, teenagers, if you get into public, you get into your schools, you pray for a revival with your friend. Well, I can't change my whole school. No, but you could change your friend. And uh, so you say, well, I go to a school, and I go to public school, and it's just rotten. I mean, I don't know public school, it isn't just rotten. I mean, I'm teaching there, I'd get a nervous breakdown, I think. I don't know what I'd do. And then you say, well, I can't bring a revival to my whole school. No, but you could re- bring a revival to your friend. You could bring revival in your life. So we got several of our bus kids here tonight. And you may not change your school, but bus kid, hey, you could bring revival in your life. You could bring revival to your friend. You could bring revival in a little corner there. You could pray for God to heal your land, not the entire country, but you could pray for your land there and pray that God would revive His work in the midst of the years there, this semester, this year, at your school, among your friends, in the little piece of land that God has given you. You pray for your bus route and your bus kids, and pray that God would give a revival there among the people where you're living. 
You could pray for a revival and I ought to pray for a revival in my life. Again, it's a lot easier to pray for things I don't have to worry about. You know? What about me? As far as that goes, it's easy to pray for the other guys. What about me? You know, sometimes it's easier to pray for the preacher. God bless Brother Fugit. Give him power. Use him in a mighty way. Well, I sit on my sofa all evening and goof off and stay home Saturday, but I pray God will bless the bus workers while they're out. You know, it's easy to pray and work and have a burden for... But if I'm going to pray for my land, there's a responsibility there. I better clean up my life. I better look at this and, and say, you know, God, it says if my people... I'm not very many people, God, but I'm one people. I know that too. I'm not very many people, God, but I'm one people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. God, I, I can't control everybody else in the church. I can't control everybody else in the youth group. I can't even control everybody else in my Christian school. But I can take care of this people. I can take care of this person. I can take care of myself. And if I will turn from my wicked ways, it's, God says, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. God, I'm praying you'll heal the land that you've given me today. Now, I don't have the whole country. I don't have the whole state. I don't have the whole city. I don't have the whole ministry of this church. But God, I've got a, I've got a land that you've given me. And I'm going to pray for you to heal it and do something special in it. I want to see a revival where I am. Teenagers, you ought to get, you ought to look for a revival in your life. You ought to pray that God would give you revival. You say, again, back, what's revival? You're talking about holy living and being sure you're saved and church attendance and prayer and devotion to God and living for Him. Bringing something back to the life that's dead or nearly dead. You ought to pray for a revival in your life. Certainly, you ought to make sure you're saved. I mean, if there's anybody here tonight in a crowd this size, there's probably somebody here tonight that isn't saved. I don't know who you are. I'm not trying to put doubts in your heart. But if you say, yeah, that's me, you ought to get it settled tonight. Talk to your youth pastor. Talk to your preacher. Talk to somebody. Get it settled. You're not going to have a revival. You know, get some life into that. But then you're talking about holy living. Second Timothy chapter 3, I mean, gives a list of things. It says, uh, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. That's here. <clears throat> Men shall be lovers of their own selves. That's, that's, boy, that's a good description of this age. Covetous, yep. Boasters, yep. Proud. These are things we shouldn't be. You're looking for revival, you'll get these things out of your life. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of this. I'm proud of that ability. Proud of, you know, whatever. Love of yourself. Oh, it'll make me happy. Brother Jordanson was preaching. Oh, you know, and that's what I've always wanted to do. What about what God wants you to do? What about the lost people all around you? Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Ooh, that one hurts. You're not going to be right with God if you can't obey your parents. Some of you at a youth conference, I mean, there ought to be something said most every kind of youth rally, youth conference, young fundamentalist conference. You know, don't tell me you're a young fundamentalist. You can't get along with your parents and obey them. 
you say, Brother George, then why did you say that? Because I was reading the Bible. This is where we get this stuff. Without natural, you know, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Well, that describes a lot of us, doesn't it? You know, we could be in Haiti today. We'd be born there. God doesn't love you or me and our beautiful homes or nice cars or nice clothes anymore than He loves any of those other people over there. Why don't you at least be thankful? Why don't you at least obey your parents? Unholy, without natural affection. Hopefully that doesn't affect those of you here. There's your gaze. Truce breakers, false accusers, liars. False accusers, doesn't say liars. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And maybe not even bad pleasures. But you can't go out and visit on a bus route because you got to sleep in on Saturday morning. Nothing wrong with sleep. But, anyhow, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. You ought to look for revival in your life. Turn your life over to God. We're not going to have revival in this country until we get revival in our own lives. You ought to turn your life over to God. You ought to put Him in charge of your life. You ought to get rid of the music that you know He doesn't want you to have. Say, so, Brother Jorgensen, you know, why do you say there's anything wrong? You know what's wrong with it. Don't tell me you don't know what's wrong with it. You listen to that kind of garbage and you expect God to bless your life and you're looking for revival in our country? You get rid of that kind of stuff. You ought to, start, you ought to obey your parents. You ought to get rid of the wrong friends. You read Proverbs 4 this morning on March 4th. They talk, Proverbs 4.14 says, Enter not into the path of the wicked. And then goes on to talk about, Don't get around that wrong crowd that can't you know, go to bed until they've done something wrong. Some of you in public school, you know, a lot of, quite a few of you here, public school kids, you got some friends at school that, I mean, they're not right. If you keep following them, you're going to wind up messed up. Some of you had friends like that in a Christian school. And they may not, it may not be the same level, they may not be doing drugs, but their attitude's sour and rotten. They're negative and critical and disobedient and sneaking around everything they get by with. You know what it is. Say, so, oh, I, yeah, but I'm dating him. Well, get rid of him. But you know what? You know how your friends are living. It's partly, certainly, it's a matter of you know, if you live for God, it just turns out good. Well, if you get brought a great message along that line Sunday night, you ought to, if you listen to a great message, listen to it on the internet. You live for God, it just turns out good. Beyond that, He's God. You ought to live for Him like we heard this morning. I mean, He's God. And ought to, it, not just because it's going to turn out good, although it does turn out much better, but because He's God. 
I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. I, I have no right to make decisions about what I'm going to do with my life or where I'm going to live or who I'm going to marry or what kind of music I'm going to listen to or how I'm going to spend my weekends. Or I mean, I belong to somebody else. I'm His. I'll be looking for a revival in your own life. You ought to be looking to love God more, read your Bible more, pray. Live clean. Love God. Give Him devotion. Witness. I, I tell you what, if the signs of a national revival would be a lot of people getting saved and witnessing going on all over the place, then it seems like a sign of revival in my life or in my life or your life would be those same things. Holy living. Witnessing all over the place. Everybody, I, you know, every man, just I just can't help it. Just keep getting those tracks out and giving them away. Talking to those friends. Trying to get them to get saved. If, if that's what a national revival would be, and that's what we'd like to see happen in our country, we, you and I probably can't affect that. Maybe some Christian leaders can. Maybe a brother Fugit can. I don't know. I can't. But I can control it. I can work for a revival in my life. I can work with a, for a revival among in our family, my wife and I. I work for a revival among the students I lead. I work for a revival among the bus routes I lead. I can work. I can work for a revival there, but it's going to start with me. It's going to start with you. It's going to start with you getting right with God and saying, God, I want what you have for my life. Are you going to? Are you? You may not be. I just said that. I'm ahead of my notes. You be that people. That gets your land healed. You be the one that brings revival to your friends. You be the, be the one that brings revival to your life. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, seek my face and pray, and I'm getting it all. My people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's what we ought to do. I can't control what that people does or what he does or what she does or what she does, but I can control what this people does. And it says, I'm one of his people that God will heal my land. God will give something special, but it starts with me. Humble myself, pray, seek his face. Turn from my wicked ways. God will hear from heaven. Forgive their sin and will heal their land. Father, thank You that we have an opportunity to see a revival in our lives as individuals. God, we'd love to see a revival in this country that would be sweeping and change it. Salvations, holiness, politically, Everything else. But God, let's not wait for that. Help us to start tonight in our lives to see revival there. To see revival on our bus routes, in our Sunday school classes, the ministries we work, in our soul winning, with our friends. To see it make a difference there for the cause of Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.